the day and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk, okay? I've made my choice and I choose me. Cell Connection Podcast Network listeners, I am JT and welcome back to 9021 No So, Beverly Hills 9020 Chronological Podcast Journey. Joining me as always on the show is my friend Tim. Tim, how are you? I'm doing great as always and I'm enjoying these season one episodes. Uh, we're like almost, I think actually past our halfway point now given the episode order of season one. A little bit reduced compared to later seasons. So yeah, 12 episodes in now. Look at us. We are making a lot of progress, and it's been a lot of fun chronicling this journey. And uh, interesting episode ahead because it's a it's a light one as far as the cast goes, and we'll dive into that. Uh, but we do have a brand new guest with us tonight. He has not appeared on the show yet, but we do know he's a diehard fan of the show, and uh, excited to have him here. He's our good friend Sean Kidge. Sean, how are you? Good evening, guys. Yes, a true diehard fan of 90210, an original diehard fan. So I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, we. I feel like we've been talking about having you on since before, like we actually started recording. Yeah, uh, I think, show. Uh, like early, like in our private chats, I think I've been talking 90210 with some form of fashion with Tim or anybody for like two or three years now before you did the pod. So, yeah, uh, exciting yeah, to finally great. have you on uh, and get you here. And if you want to be a guest on the show, even if you've never been on a podcast, but you love 90210, or even if you have and you just want to reach out, you can message us on social media. Just go to facebook.com slash North South Connection or wherever you see this posted on social media, you can comment there as well. And just let us know. Say, hey, I'd like to be on and talk some 90210 and we'll bring you in without a doubt. So episode tonight is episode 12 from season one. But before we dive into that, Tim, do you want to tell the world about our favorite Beverly Hills 90210 themed Instagram account? I sure will. It is called BH90210 Restored. That's on Instagram. And the way this uh, Instagram account works is uh, they are going through and taking scenes from each episode of the show and restoring the original music. So the way we're watching the show, uh, JT, on streaming... I'm watching it on Hulu. I suspect you are as well. But anyway, you watch it today, unless you've, you know, got the uh, the show uh, taped on VHS from its from its original run or or in syndication, you're gonna have that music replaced. Unfortunately, just like all these old shows, and it can be a bit of a bummer. But it's it's nice to um, have the option to at least hear what the original songs were in, in the form of uh, this Instagram account that's going through and has made quite the project of it. Um, So in this particular episode, we're going to have like two pretty notable um, Mm -hmm. popular songs that uh, pop up and both are documented on uh, that page. So BH90210 restored on Instagram. If you want to uh, listen along with us, been a great resource. And I've actually been watching on Paramount Plus, which has worked pretty well, Ah, too. So they're out there quite a bit now these days. All right. And one more thing before we get started, Sean, as we usually do with our brand new guests. Take about 90 seconds or so, maybe. Tell us about your history with the show. You said you're an original, so I'm sure you got in at the beginning. And uh, you want to tell the story of how you found the show and 
kind of what's your relationship been with it to this point? Yeah, finding the show is pretty easy. So I'm original for a reason. So I was also an original Fox viewer. So when Fox launched, I think it was what, 87 when it first launched, um, I watched, you know, I was watching 21 Jump Street. There was a show called Woman in Prison and um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one uh, and Married with Children, obviously. So I had been watching Fox already. So when this show came on, I, when it premiered, well, I was in high school, so it was right up my alley. It's the same time frame. So it's kind of like, you know, it's your own high school experience. Now you're watching this show that's showing these kids high school experience. And I watched the first episode and I was hooked. And, you know, I feel like we're in the middle of like the first season where it's still trying to find its groove. But I think season two, when they or when they started like the Beach Club episodes, that's really where it caught its groove for me. But I've been watching ever since it started. All right. Well. Perfect. It'd be good to have that insight as we go along. So like I said, it is season one, episode 12, One Man and a Baby, premiered January 24th, 1991. And like I mentioned earlier, it's an interesting episode because uh, a handful of our beloved characters are not in this episode. That includes Andrea, Dylan, David, Donna, and Scott. None of them appear in this episode. Yeah, big goose eggs all around. Uh, for our character rankings we're going to be getting to at the end. Uh, I think this is the least characters we've seen in any episode so far. Agreed. It's definitely going to put a uh, a ding in the overall ratings, for sure, for some of these characters. So let's get fired up here. First thing we see is Brandon rocking his Canadian tuxedo by the tree. (laughs) And he's eating a very shitty-looking sandwich. Even he looks disgusted to be eating the sandwich. It's like a classic... And maybe it's just disgusting to me, because I've just never been like a plain sandwich guy, but it's got like the white bread, the slice mm-hmm. of cheese and the slice of deli meat. And that's like, yeah. I, you, you would have to pay me at this point in my life, like thousands of dollars to eat that sandwich. Mm-hmm. That is how much that <laughs> sandwich disgusts me. Like two pieces of bread, a, a non-melted piece of cheese and meat. Right. No chance. No chance. Well, and especially, yeah. Consider like, it's probably American cheese and like, uh. Temperature American cheese, how gross that gets, especially you've, you know, oh. packed it, you're packed, you've packed your lunch <laughs> that morning and it's, it's several hours later now at lunchtime and just how like congealed it is just disgusting. It's an old Minnesota sandwich wash special is what I call it. It's a pretty gross looking sandwich. You're absolutely right. No, no, thanks. No, thanks. I do not like cheese not melted. I've never been like cheddar. I can do American cheese. I can never do it. I'm, I'm gonna throw I I would kind of agree with that take. I, you know, I like my cheese melted. The other thing I noticed in this scene was they're actually outside, and the thing that I found interesting is it's like there's actually people from the cafeteria actually serving food outside. Did you guys ever see that in school ever? Oh, no, wow. yeah, no. it's interesting. Yeah, was I thought that was pretty interesting too. <clears throat> Extra service in Beverly Hills. Mm. Yeah, how privileged they have it there in West Bev. Very, very. Uh, so Brandon stumbles into a co-ed, a new co-ed, at least one that he hasn't noticed before, named Melissa, and they're flirting it up. Brandon reveals he hasn't even applied to colleges. He's going to wait till next year. And uh, this is where we really get the clear statement that they are juniors, Tip, as we've talked mm-hmm. about a couple of times. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that that won't stick. <laughs> uh, and I thought I thought Melissa was good here. She really was hanging with the witty jokes, kind of a good match, match for Brando. Uh, you know, sometimes you get the girls a little more shy in the show they'll introduce or more uh beverly hills ish i guess but like she's uh she's going right with him tip for tat and uh brandon kind of gives a half-assed attempt at, at giving her a paper that she dropped it was like as she's walking <laughs> away a paper falls out of her book and brandon's like hey 
you forgot your paper and then just gives up like he doesn't like she wasn't that far you're just like a small campus yeah. kind of just ran after her he is a, a all pro athlete right? plays on the basketball team i'm sure he could have right. caught her uh but instead he ends up looking at the paper and then and then taking it uh so what do you think sean of this uh opening salvo here from brandon I thought it was pretty good. Like before, like we turned to said, I thought she was, what's her name? Melissa is, I think her name. Um, yeah. Yep. I, I very, I thought kind of Hillary Swankish a little bit, almost like, uh, what was that girl from Power Rangers? Amy Joe, the one that was the pink. Ranger. Oh yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. a little Amy bit Joe's of that awesome. vibe, but yeah, I kind of liked their little banner here back and forth. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, JT spot on about the paper where he's just like, oh, you know what? The paper, fuck it. I'm just going to take it and move <laughs> on. But yeah, very pretty cool opening scene. I thought here, good dialogue. It's like not the most natural dialogue in the world, but right. for this show, it, it kind of works. Um, yep. it, it gets the job done. And, uh, yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed uh, Brandon uh, taking a look at, okay, what is uh, this actual paper? Is it something important enough that I should run her down? Uh, no, it's just a, a test she got back. She knows what her grade is. She doesn't need it that badly. I'm, I'm not going to get up and actually chase off <laughs> after what, what? her. He's impressed. It's an A plus paper, and the, mm-hmm. like the comment was like, Caesar could have used more speechwriters like you. So he's <laughs> like, Hey, not only is she beautiful, she's smart. So I'm all in on this one. So yeah, it's pretty cool. And he had a shitty sandwich to finish. And so. he had a shitty sandwich on top. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> all right, so Brandon, he's got the number, or he looks it up anyway, and he wimps out on calling her. Uh, but then we cut over to Kelly and Brenda, who are. We haven't seen a lot of this, which I thought was kind of fun, just like acting like teenage girls, which which mm-hmm. was cool because mm-hmm. usually like they Kelly's treated as much more mature and they're usually involved in headier stuff. But here they're just laying on Brenda's bed trying to win a radio contest and they pick up the yep. phone. Brandon's trying to pick up the phone, too. So Kelly and Brenda come in and kind of like, what the fuck's going on? And Brandon explains and they make him call her. They basically dial um, the number. And I thought this was a pretty wholesome fun. Like it was it, it was. uh chill it was funny kelly continues to hit the one-liners and kind of be comedy relief to this point which we've talked a lot about tim yes Uh, but on the phone melissa says she has to babysit all weekend and kelly and brenda like bullshit and brandon presses her he's like oh you do huh and then she says okay you know what i I can make it happen let's go on a date so tim that was a good scene like i thought again i like seeing brendan kelly just kind of be kids for once and uh, Mm -hmm. this just felt very much just like a high school moment and it was well done yeah, I shared your enthusiasm for just seeing uh, Brenda and Kelly acting like teenage girls, you know, uh, listening to the radio. They're trying to call in, uh, tying up the phone line, which, you know, is a very 90s thing. Um, in a lot of ways, I thought this scene, it made this episode feel like it should have come earlier in the run. And I almost wonder, like, I don't know what their production order or, you know, script order was or whatever but I, I wonder if this was maybe filmed um maybe in that first batch of episodes where it, it just it doesn't feel like it should necessarily follow on the heels of uh, you know brandon getting a dui which is our last <laughs> right. episode where you know we've gotten a bit more character development out of uh the series to date and, th- and this feels a little bit more simplified um just in terms of who the characters are and how they mm-hmm. interact to, to say nothing of the plot, certainly. But um, yeah, I must wondered, um, you know, starting with this scene and, and there's other little hints that maybe this should have been like, I don't know, like an episode six or seven rather than 12. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed the scene. What'd you think, Sean? Yeah, there's a lot in here I can relate to like the things like, okay. So the radio contest, 
the school directory. These are all very 90s things for me. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when I was in high school, I had the school directory and I was always I was actually done a couple times where I did radio contests too. So I related to a lot of this. I thought this was to your point, I thought it was very high school. The girls showing being very high school, Brandon being shy about picking up the phone and calling the girl. This is I kind of related to all this stuff because at the time that's kind of really what it was. So for me, this is really good nostalgia and kind of took me back a little bit. Yeah, and it didn't feel forced, you know. It was no, just, not it's, at all. It felt like real, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone watching it today that didn't grow up in that era may feel weird watching it, but like for us, it was like yes, it was like nostalgia. Yeah, was yeah. Like, yeah all right. Just, that thing. Bed, yeah. Listen to the radio contest, try to win tickets. Uh, all right, so we go to Melissa's house, where Brandon's picking her up. I thought her, her mom, I thought at first was Mary Steenburgen, <laughs> kind of looked <laughs> oh, like wow. her, and I'm so used to her in those roles, you know, like just as like the random mom popping up. So it was not. Uh, but then they get in the car. Melissa's grilling Brandon. She's like. You don't know who I am. Like, you don't know anything about me. Um, and then she kind of teases, like, I'll tell you. I'll tell you later. So we set the stage mm-hmm. for after. But we then go back to the house where Kelly and I'm sure, you know, we're still in the car. Well, it's kind of like a hybrid. So Kelly and Brenda are calling in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to hit five in a row. They have to name the five songs. And I'm going to put you guys on the spot in a minute. See if you can name mm-hmm. them. Um, Jim then tries to use the phone as well. We have all sorts of issues going on with the phone. <laughs> That's been obvious. And Jim even says, like, am I going to have to get a second line? Like, what the fuck? Uh, Kelly and Brent end up winning, and they win skydiving tickets. And we find out what the prize is as Brent, Brandon's listening in the car with Melissa. And he's like, That's my sister and my friend, you know. And, and they won the skydiving. And he's like chuckling because yep. he knows that Brent is afraid of heights. So, again, I, ho- I thought this whole stretch was really relatable. And fun and upbeat. And it's like Kelly and Brenda winning the tickets. Jim getting all aggravated on the phone. You know, Brandon's laughing because his sister's going to have to skydive. So I thought, Sean, this was like all really well done. Oh, it was great. The other thing I loved is when Brandon like walks up to the door. And he just kind of smugly leans across the door when the mom opens the door with kind of like a little cocky swagger. Uh, (laughs) I thought that was pretty funny. The radio stuff was great. Uh, This, to your point, this whole thing, it just flows really, really well. And again... This show, one of the reasons why I love it so much is because it takes me back to those days. And yeah, they're in they're in Beverly Hills. I grew up in Northern Virginia, but there's so much that's relatable to this that it just takes me back as a kid. And again, it's one of the reasons why I continue to love this show today. Absolutely love it. It is really funny to see the way that Brandon kind of handles the mom yes. <laughs> or doesn't. Like there's like, very hey, little hey, interaction. Like, hey, maybe he's like gonna point his finger at her like he's got a gun <laughs> in his hand or something. Yeah. You figure, I mean, if nothing else, he's taking her daughter out for the first time. He would at least turn on the charm a little bit or reassure her, oh, I'll have her back, you know, plenty early or whatever. And it's like they barely exchange any words. <laughs> that was a bit odd. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it's interesting. This The episode is choosing to save the reveal um, that, you know, spoiler, Melissa is a single mother, um, a teenage mother. Uh, for a little bit later, I mean, not that much later into the episode, but it's like they're hinting around it. And, and you have to figure, like in the previews for this episode that Fox would have run, like they're going to give that away, right? Like, I mean, they're going to tell you what the plot of this thing is. I don't know if you remember, Sean, from watching at the time, but it just seems weird that they're treating that like sort of a secret and holding back on it. Well, when well, you like, you gotta, uh, like, is she a serial killer? No, I'm a single mom. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be that. It's just, I don't know. They're beating around the bush a little bit. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Did you guys get any of the uh, songs noted? Uh, MC um, Hammer, You Can't mm-hmm. Touch This. Got that one. Um, 
Lost her love by Trinidad. Which was not yes. real, apparently. <laughs> yes, yes, apparently. Yes. Okay. That was the only two I, I noted. Gonna say that. Yeah. Those are the only I two I have noted, too. Said. Yeah, I think they only said those two. They didn't say the, the other three. And I, yeah, I remember the last one that uh, that Kelly knew. I was like, uh, is that a real song? Because I certainly don't recognize the artist. No, or never heard of it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so we'll see where these scamps end up on this uh, skydiving expedition. So Melissa reveals to Brandon that she has a baby named Joey. Brandon's first response, not so great uh, when he meets Joey. Uh, because Melissa's kind of like, you know, hey, I want you to meet someone. And she picks him up and he's like, oh, so you got a brother like whatever. It's cool. You know, and then he's like, you have a baby and uh, just not uh, not the initial reaction you want. But he, he quickly recalibrates um, and, and kind of gets OK before he leaves the room. But it, it's it's a shaky first uh, reaction for someone who's obviously been petrified to share this news that she's a mom. Yeah. Brandon's look was. um pretty pretty classic he he's quite flabbergasted and a little bit um i think frightened at the same time mm-hmm. uh so good uh good facial expressions there by uh jason Priestley. <laughs> sean what'd you get yeah this, this is where my nostalgia ended because i did not have that experience of a single mom um <laughs> yeah and i don't think i had any single moms in my school so when i was watching it i remember watching it at the time and I know single parents and parenthood and all that was kind of a thing around teenage moms, but this is the first time it truly popped in my face was watching this show. And yeah, Brandon's, um, I can't, I'd be lying if I didn't say that Brandon's reaction probably would have been the same as mine, to be honest with you. So yeah. (laughs) You're a mom. You're a mom. (laughs) (laughs) Very, so it's still a little cartoony ish in this one so far. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're back to the Walsh house. Brenda's peacocking around. She's got her big win. She wants to claim the prize, but Jim and Cindy ain't having it. They do not want her skydiving. And they're like, you know, you're afraid of heights or whatever, but it's a prize. Right. She won the prize. She has to cash it in. You can't win a prize and not collect. Uh, so she's very hot on that. And then Brandon gets home and he fills in Brenda. and She's got a million questions uh, about the baby and all that. So they kind of go from there. So pretty brief couple scenes here, Tim. Yeah, well, I will just say um, we're getting the classic uh, A plot, B plot with the Walsh kids here. But uh, to its credit, this episode does a nice job of kind of incorporating Brenda into Brandon's main story. I'm Mm -hmm. glad that she's even on the fringes um, a little bit. At least she's still made a part of it. She's not totally isolated in the way that a lot of those earlier episodes just totally siloed both kids and just you know they had zero interaction beyond maybe the opening and and closing scene of an episode so she's she's still in the mix here and um wants to be a part of uh the action here with uh brandon dating this chick so appreciate that um sean did, did you ever win any radio contest and and uh would your parents have forbidden you from Going skydiving. If well, you I would not have skydiving because I'm terrified <laughs> of heights. Um, yeah, I don't know yeah, that I'd want to do that either. Yeah, I don't think I would have done I had. I did win radio contests, but it was after high school, so I, I could relate to that. But yeah, I, I did enjoy the brother-sister dynamic between Brandon and Brenda and mm-hmm. how they were both kind of going over with each other. How, like... Well, Brandon's like, well, I didn't, I, how did I not... How am I the only one in school that didn't know she was a single mother? And Brenda's like, well, I didn't either. So it's kind of funny that nobody in this school knows she's a single mother. I just found that very funny as well. Or at least they don't because or they're, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're new. S- still new. Yeah. Which again, I'm like, are they really, 
I mean, yeah, they're still new, but it's, I mean, we're in January now for our timeline. I feel like we've gotten past um, the holidays. The, the show itself, I mean, it doesn't have to be set in January, but I, I feel like it's well into the school year, but well, I don't know. Unless again, I missed it, when have Kelly known though? Wasn't Kelly there when he called her? So maybe I missed something in that. Yeah, but I don't, th- I don't know. Did he ever say who she was, though? Well, no, he just had the directory. That's what I'm saying. I might have missed the oh, fact right. that maybe she didn't know who he who he was calling. Right. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, think I don't he, think he identified her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the next day of school, though, Steve's got all the info, of course. Uh, <laughs> of course he does. does. <laughs> so he says Melissa and Frank Seltzer. What a name. Uh, <laughs> had the baby. And uh, Steve says most girls would take care of the problem, but she didn't. And Brand tells Brandon, you better not date her or you're going to have a lot of problems. Frank was smart and just got out of there. Uh, Brandon defends her and kind of doubles down. He's like, I'm going to ask her out. So, Sean, like one thing we've noted as we've gone through this is just how Steve is kind of the de facto heel of the show. Not mm-hmm. the full-blown. He's usually like when the real heel comes, he's kind of a tweener. But he's really been like the, the of the main group, kind of the dissenting voice a lot of the time. And it continues here. Where he's kind of just a real prick about saying, you know, she fucked up. She should have had the abortion, basically. And Frank, Frank Zelser bailed out. <laughs> oh, we could call it full out. Steve, early Steve is pure dick. Like, yeah. he like just he has a great run of dictum. It's later on in the show when he becomes more like the Steve that we all grow to know and love. But, yeah, his early on appearance, it's, he kind of reminds me of, if you ever seen Revenge of the Nerds, he reminds me of Stan, uh, <laughs> the head football player. That's who he reminds me of on this show in the early days. Yeah, we uh, the show still hasn't quite made its mind up about Steve. Um, I will say he he gets some nice moments uh, later in this episode, so it's uh, a little bit redemptive, I guess you can say. Um, but uh, he's still he hasn't. I feel like he peaked in the pilot. Honestly, you go back yeah. and you look at what we've gotten of Steve, and you know, just that kind of fun interplay between him and David was really the high point for i think both their characters and it's it's sort of a shame that 12 episodes in they've they've let that fall by the wayside and i'm increasingly curious when we get back to it because i know we do at some point i i have some fond memories of steve and david having like a few moments together Mm -hmm. so like he reminds me a lot of of stifler like i'm gonna mention that before Mm -hmm. like where he's kind of in that's a good one but he's kind of the asshole that, you know, no one likes, but he's there. He's still part of the yeah. frame. Um, so we'll see when he transitions into just not being that way. Uh, all right. So Melissa's friends kind of catch up with her in the hallway, but you can feel that they have a fading connection because of the baby. She's like, do you want to hang out? They said, we're going to the mall. Do you want to come? And she's like, no, I can't. I get home to Joey. So they're kind of just, it, it was a, it was a well done, like 30 second way to show that like her life has significantly changed and she's struggling with it. Um, so I thought that was pretty good. Yep. Brandon then tells uh, Brenda tells Brandon to have a good time with mom as Cindy walks into the room and she goes, why? What are we doing? So, again, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, and and they, you know, reveal that Brandon's dating a single mom and he's kind of like, what? No big deal. And Jim and Cindy are kind of giving the stink eye a little bit, as they usually do. So we'll see where that goes. Um, I, I probably meant to point this out earlier when. Brandon had his first date with Melissa. Uh, Brandon's just driving, like, no mm-hmm. big thing. Which, again, just goes back to my theory that I think this is supposed to be an earlier episode. Although, well, how I How long we, was his license taken away? Remember he said it? Wasn't it like two months or something? 
was it two weeks? I forgot that. I don't know that he. I don't know that he said. That he said it at the end of that scene, Dylan, where he said, "Well, I know he said that he could drive to and from work and school, which is pretty standard with with a DUI." But this is neither work nor school, so it's kind of like, um, I just wonder if they're really even gonna like follow through on that complication because it's gonna be hard to ground these Walsh kids, right? I mean, like. Um, I kind of feel like we're just going to forget about that whole um, driving drunk incident and restricted license, but we'll see. Yeah, I hadn't really thought of it, but the more you say it, it does feel like maybe this is a little out of order. Because there really isn't anything in here that plays up on anything prior to it. It's all really like in a vacuum for the most yeah. part. Well, plus like some of the stuff with Brenda and Kelly like that we're going to see with the flight. Uh, the the flight school instructor is sort of like so aren't brenda and dylan i don't know like, she doesn't even mention dylan right the whole episode no no mm-hmm. not at all it's just a good it's a good point tim this might have been something that was supposed to air earlier yeah, because my, yeah like my she's flirting with don. yeah <laughs> yeah they're flirting with don and like brenda's part of that and like not even a mention that she's with dylan so oh what do you think sean you think it's out of order I, you know, it's funny you guys brought that up. I was thinking the same thing because especially none of the other main characters are in this episode, which felt really odd. And yeah, there's no Dylan. There's really no mention of Dylan. I, mm-hmm. I, I would probably be signed on to say this is probably recorded out of order and it was placed. It's probably recorded earlier and probably put out of order. I would probably agree with that. Yeah. It'd be right, interesting to try and track that down if we could figure that out. I might. Have I mean, yeah. I mean, we know the date that it aired. It, it definitely aired right. after the you know our our party episode but whether it was intended to is the question that i have and i don't know i think more and more we're seeing evidence that this was supposed to be much earlier right tim i don't i don't know for tim did you recognize who the flight instructor was um you know he looked super familiar and i i was gonna look him up but i didn't i wondered if you knew because i was like sean will probably know right of course this is something so You've seen Creep Show too, right? Yes. Okay. So you remember this? You remember the scene with the muck in the water and all those kids yep. that were swimming He's in the water? He's one of those guys. He is the uh, main guy, Paul Satterfield. He is the main guy in that uh, one part of the movie. So that's where you see him at. That's pretty tremendous because the last story in uh, Creep Show too, um, with the the lady who drives over the homeless guy and he starts following yes. her or whatever so before they get to all that she has like a one night stand with some guy <laughs> and it's so random but the guy that um she was uh fucking around with was one of matt's boyfriends on later seasons of melrose place look at that that's which, like six six degrees of 902 it is yes. yeah and i only knew it because i was like doing a melrose place rewatch um at the time and he was like in that run of episodes and i was like Oh, this guy's in here. It's just crazy. Amazing. Uh, Speaking of Don, he is the flight school instructor at the uh, skydiving class. So Brenda and Kelly are uh, both kind of feeling him and they're into him. And, um, you know, that kind of becomes like the goof for this episode is that they're both uh, into Don. They're kind of flirting with him as we go through the class. Brandon then takes Melissa and Joey to the peach pit. Brandon gets some intel on her decisions and the support she has with her parents. 
And I thought I thought she had a pretty good line. She says, you can't let society make the rules for you. You got to live by your own. So kind of talks about how she's not going to let Joey hold her back. She's going to apply to the college she wants to apply for. And she's going to try and live her life as is. So I thought that was a pretty good um, scene with the two of them. But then that that's followed up as Nat comes over and uh, he picks Joey's Brandon son for a minute. He's like, this is your kid. And it, it seems like at first he's going to kind of give her some shit. But then he like kind of jokes about the baby and says the baby's better better looking than Brandon. That's a pretty good one-hitter scene for Nat um, <clears throat> on that. So, I don't know. What did you guys think of the scene of the Peach Pit, Tim? I like that um, she asks, is there someplace noisy we can go? <laughs> Brandon <laughs> immediately thinks of the Peach Pit. Um, so, yeah, we, we get a real brief uh, brief um, scene with Nat here, who uh, I, I kind of had forgotten was even in the episode mm-hmm. when I was um, sort of doing preliminary character rankings. But I was like, oh, yeah, he was here for about 10 seconds and, you know, ha- has a few Nat lines, as he often does, <laughs> about this kid. <laughs> I love his, uh, his look of revulsion when he thinks this is Brandon's <laughs> kid. <laughs> he looks so disappointed. He's like... He could not be less disappointed than if he was Jim Walsh and Brandon got somebody threatening. Well, he's still got the white outfit, which is always like the weird Nat. Like his hair hasn't really grayed fully yet, and he's got the white outfit, so he yeah. definitely looks more like um like an actor in like a '70s sitcom at this point. Well, with that outfit yeah. On. Again, I've I've compared him to Columbo, and it's right, just right. that same sort of. Uh, he kind of sounds like him. He kind of looks like him. It's yeah, <laughs> that very '70s actor thing. Yeah, I I don't think I never. So I was kind of scoping out the clientele at the Peach Pit, and I think I never realized how many old people actually went to dinner at the Peach Pit at night. It was very alarming. Mm-hmm. There was like I know, and people were actually dressed up there, which I thought was funny. Uh, he, Tim already brought up uh, Nate's reaction, how it kind of shifted from pure disgust to oh, now I'm gonna be a friendly guy since it's not Brandon's. I'll play it cool. And then the other yeah. line, Brandon was at talking to her about uh, having a kid, and like he has no chill. He goes. uh so uh, what's it like popping out a baby? What was it like? <laughs> he, has, he has like zero chill asking her about it. So, But he says it in his like sexy Brandon voice, which is yes. even weirder. But He's like, so like, what was it like popping out a baby? But just like zero chill when he says it. I was dying when he said it. So anyway, yeah. It, it is interesting, the Peach Pit clientele, because to your point, like it's it's much more of a a familiar diner for older folks that may be there because mm-hmm. like that's what they grew up with. Whereas yeah. – Soon, it, when it transitions, it becomes more of like the max, right? It's like all yeah. the kids hang out there, and it's like a retro kind of place, and it's more colorful. Whereas here, it just feels like more like an older diner that maybe people have been going to for years and years and years and years and years. Well, like there's like a couple in there. One guy's got gray hair, and there's a woman all dressed up with like pearl necklaces. I'm like, what right. is going on here? Yes. Yeah. Well, you, you know, as as we learn in our. Uh... Our 60s flashback episode. Each <laughs> bit right. was around back then. It was, so, yes. Yeah, there you go. You. All right, so one other thing I thought was weird was uh, Jim and Cindy, uh, they spent a lot of time sitting on the couch, reading and, <laughs> and working in uncomfortable looking clothes. Like, yeah, I'm a, when I'm on my couch chilling, like I'm in shorts or comfortable sweat. Like they're like fully dressed up, like sitting on the couch oh. reading. Like, JT, God. this is totally my parents. They would come home from work and they would not change their clothes. They would sit on the couch and their work clothes all the way at night through dinner until they went to bed. This was totally my parents. Ugh. I think it was like a '90s thing. I think that's what they did back then. So yeah, at least I just mine. Get it. Yeah, I gotta I change either. right away. I cannot. Oh, me too. I'm out. 
I tear all my clothes off as soon as I walk in the door. Same. Yeah, I can't imagine like sitting in like a shirt, and, like dress pants or whatever, like all night. Or like a There's sweater no vest. Like Jim's wearing a sweater vest when he's sitting on the couch. It's weird. Yeah. Um, so this is actually where, where Brandon, uh, Cindy finds out about Joey. Earlier, they just kind of make the joke and, and blow her off. But here's where Brandon cavalierly tells his parents, yeah, she's got a kid. And they're like all tight on it. But then they kind of cool down quick. Um, but then Brandon, which I thought was kind of an upset, he kind of shits on Joey. <laughs> yes, he does. He's like, that kid's a fucking terror. And like all this <laughs> other stuff. And I was like, I was kind of surprised. I was like, because in the peach bit, he kind of seemed into him and he's into her. So I thought it was an odd um, sw- switch for Brandon's attitude on Joey. Well, it's a very early on uh, F the kids kind of moment for Brandon. But right. the other great thing was when he's talking to his parents about, well, you know, instead of having an abortion, she just decided to have a baby. This actually came out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's, it's a weird episode for Brandon. It, it, really, is. it really is. So it like, kind of gets in Cindy's face too. Like it, she's not making any sort of value judgment at all towards right. this person. She's just surprised. And he's like, and if that's good enough for her, it should be good enough for you, Bob, or whatever. And she's like, calm down. But if I <laughs> never see that kid again, it'll never be too soon. That's what he says mm-hmm. to her. Yeah. Brandon's really weird in this episode. He's like all over the he place. Is. Yeah. Speaking like of weird. Cleaner. Tweeted. Well, and speaking of weird though, like, so they cut to the room and he's sleeping, <laughs> and he sleeps on his fucking bed. He looks like a vampire in a casket. <laughs> he's like <laughs> flat on his back, like not moving. Like it, it was such a weird way to sleep. Like I don't know. Like mm-hmm. he looks like uh, the guy from Twilight when he's like laying there. Yeah, oh, it's wow. like I'm a side sleeper, so maybe this is weird to me. But like even on your back, I feel like you'd kind of sleep more comfortably. Like he was just like straight with his head straight ahead. It was just odd. <laughs> Yeah. What the fuck is this guy doing? So Melissa, Cindy wakes him up because Melissa shows up unexpected. And I thought that was another nice, like, I feel like this show's been very good at subtle things to pick up on. It's a subtle thing that Brandon's basically sleeping in. And, like, he's about to learn what life not being able to Mm. sleep in is like. Um, So I thought that was a nice little touch that he's just kind of, yeah, I'm fucking sleeping. I got nothing to worry about. (laughs) I got to sleep in. So Melissa shows up unexpectedly and, and basically just pushes Joey on brandon and she's like this is outrageous yeah i mean she's like i can't miss this harvard interview my parents you know had said they could babysit but they're not in town like you gotta take them and he looks like a fucking ghost appeared and shit in his cereal like he is like what the fuck are you doing and she just bails out before he can even say anything and he's just like completely shell-shocked she's like what the hell and i mean she hasn't known him long and she's basically trusting her child with this mm-hmm. man that she's only known for like a week, probably at the most. They've been on a couple dates. And I guess she's desperate for the interview, but this felt like it's a real roll of the dice as a mom. Wildly inappropriate. I, I just, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. This woman, just, I, I get that you have to have drama in your episode, but mm-hmm. it's just, it's just kind of unbelievable to me that Brandon would be her um, her even her last resort. Like, I mean, right. she she really can't come up with anything here. Like, what was this this interview with the Harvard recruiter has been scheduled sometime in advance, and somehow her mom gets roped into something. I just I don't know. It it doesn't seem like she's right. That's the other thing I don't really understand with this episode. Just the whole dynamic with her parents. It seems like. They're quite um, well-educated. She says that her mother went to Harvard, 
Um, she seems to have a pretty big mm-hmm. home. Uh, they're supportive of her, of her decision to keep the child. And, you know, I can see a lot of this as being like, maybe they want to uh, enforce some tough loves. Therefore, they well, don't Well, no, did they like, say, wasn't it? No, that's later, right? With the client dinner or whatever. Yeah. 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 Well, there's that. But it, it just seems like this is the type of family. You know, it's right. Beverly Hills. This seems like a pretty affluent um mother father like they're together stable home like they would have like a full-time nanny sort of thing right Right. um but maybe they don't want to do that because they want her to learn responsibility i can i can sort of hand wave that part away but when it comes to something as important as okay your harvard interview her fucking mom is gonna figure something out not leave her just stranded basically with this kid like oh, go figure it out dump him off on some random guy you just met like i just i don't see her parents allowing that to happen <laughs> um if they were a bit more absentee uh cindy's favorite word um then sure but we don't get the sense that that is her family situation at all um sean I, did you have a different <laughs> reading of this i just Tim, much like of anything, when we're on pods together and talk about shows we watch, we're very much on the same page in this scene. This is absolutely absurd. He's been on Mm -hmm. two dates with her, and she just shows up, wakes him up out of bed, and just drops a baby with him, and then just takes off. Like, what mom would drop a baby off with someone they dated two times? And on top of that, if I were Brandon, on top of that, I would say, listen, peace out. I'm not (laughs) watching the kid. We're done. Uh, And then the other part is, like, the other part you said is about the mom. Like, what parent, knowing their daughter's trying to get into Harvard, is just going to up and bail on her, to your point, when it's been scheduled well in advance? So for me, I think this scene is where this episode officially kind of jumped the shark a little bit for me. It was, like, right here in this moment. Yeah, to me, the more egregious part is as a mom leaving this kid with him. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, less so of, like, him take her taking advantage of him. Like, fine, she's desperate. She, he's, she probably thought of the first person she thought she could maybe trust and isn't to her or whatever, yeah. but... As a mom, like, again, it's a real roll of the dice. Like, I mean, this guy clearly has zero experience with any children. <laughs> like, I yeah. mean, there's a chance he could kill your child by trying inadvertently. Like, it felt it felt like a real risk for something. Well, like, this is uh, like an infant. You know, we're not talking like a right. A, like maybe he's had some babysitting gigs, um, which he hasn't. But let's give him the benefit of the doubt and say, OK, maybe they talked about that and he's watched like little kids but this is like you know i mean you've you've really got to know what you're doing and he's right right yeah, no even if the kid was like five or something and he's a little wild yeah. whatever it's like whatever fine but um they'll probably survive right but in this right. case it's like he's yeah. given no indication whatsoever that he knows how to handle a child this age no, has any experience at all it's a risky proposition uh, so he's shell-shocked. Cindy helps. Um, but then he's really shocked when Jim comes in. He's like, all right, we're going to go meet a client. And like, yep. he's like, what? What do you mean? And Cindy's like, sorry, we're out. So Jim and Cindy leave, and he's like, fuck. And then Brenda comes in, and she's all excited. Is this Joey? She's like all into it. Mm-hmm. But then she's like, all right, got to go. Uh, <laughs> I got my skydiving lesson with Don. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, aren't you afraid? Oh, he's like, you can't, Joe. you got to stay here. You don't want to do that. And he's, like, spiraling because he's, like, fuck, like, now I'm really going to be screwed. Kelly comes in, and she's a little horny seeing Brandon with the baby. She's like, oh, <laughs> she's like, oh, oh, you with the daddy, daddy with the baby. 
but he is completely spiraling. He's begging for help. Brenda's saying no. So mm-hmm. I, I thought this was, again, pretty well done. I thought Brandon did a good job as being, like, exasperated. Every time he thinks he's, he's going to get saved, like, he gets, you know, screwed. And he's just sinking even further and further now, realizing he's going to be stuck with this kid, who he thinks is a terror. We've heard that. He thinks he's, like, a nightmare, and he's going to be stuck with him now for the day. Yeah, turn, like, from a 90s, like, drama into, like, a 90s sitcom, like, in mm-hmm. a matter of five minutes in that scene with the baby and the parents and Brenda. Yeah, it is very funny just seeing Brandon scramble like this, um, it being so panic stricken. It, it's not a um, it's not a mood we've seen from from Brandon. I think uh, very much from uh, this series, uh, certainly at this point in the run. So, a lot of good comedy to uh, be derived from that, and it's going to continue here once uh, Brandon gets a little bit of help. So Steve comes in uh, and he's all pissed because he's coming to watch a link. <laughs> Lakers gave it Brandon. I always going to deal with this fucking baby. Um, and so Brandon and Steve come in. They're trying to figure out how to change the diaper. They can't figure it out. And I thought this is one of the best scenes, honestly, that we've seen to date uh, in a very up and down episode. But so they go, they try to figure out the baby, try to figure out the diaper. And then we do a hard cut. And Steve's on the phone at the video store trying to rent three minute a baby, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought I just thought the cut like from a pure editing filming standpoint i thought it's a really yeah. well done scene like i thought they nailed the timing and the humor of it with him being like of all fucking things he's trying to read three minute a baby uh just a complete disaster show happening right here yeah i'm right there with you i, I took note of that, that cut and the just the comedic timing um really on point there mm-hmm. so um yeah we, we get to see a little bit more steve this episode which i'm glad that um, him basically shitting on Melissa, <laughs> the kid earlier was not his only, um, not his only screen time here in this one. Just yeah. did not present him in the most positive light. I mean, this doesn't either, but at least at least it's funny. So, um, what do you think, Sean? There's a few funny things here, like when uh, Kelly shows up and she holds the baby, and Steve's like, "Oh, our baby would have been cuter." And then Kelly <laughs> makes like, "Oh, thank God for safe sex comment," which I thought was <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and then there's another scene where Steve calls the baby an "it," which I thought was awesome. <laughs> Steve was absolutely great in this whole like this whole thing with three men and a baby and Steve. Like, it's like you said earlier. Like, normally he's the heel, and like it's mm-hmm. like he totally did a swerve in this whole scene. So Steve is still kind of a tweener kind of character but i thoroughly enjoyed him in these uh, few minutes that he was on here no he was really good and we get more of them and then you get kelly with brenda she's shitting on steve being a dad <laughs> like he's like no, <laughs> right. um and then we get more fun like brandon and steve they're trying to manage joey they're emptying the playbook they're failing try to do whatever they can joey spits the food on brandon so it's like they're getting real real full baby experience we then cut to brenda who I guess this was on brand for her here in season one, but she's on the skydiving, like on the little like platform and ha- starts having like a daydream of being in world <laughs> war two. Like, I just, it was like so forced. And, you know, again, Tim, we've talked about this. It's not the first time we've gotten something weird like this with her. Where remember we had the one with her driving in the race car or whatever. And I don't know. Just, yep. I, Brenda is like the comedy goof is just odd at times. Yeah, they were clearly a little short on time this episode, so they had to throw in a Brenda fantasy sequence. <laughs> this one, um, a little bit more eclectic than others that, that we've gotten. But yeah, as you said, on brand for season one, Brenda. Yeah, very, very out there. I, I don't listen. I don't remember going back to season one. He's on brand that that kind of scene with Brenda. So when I saw the war scene, I'm like, 
is that really a thing in early 90210? Because I don't remember it, but I, it's possible it just escaped my mind. But yeah, it just seemed really out of nowhere. And I think JT brought it up. It's like, or maybe it was Tim that said, maybe they were short on time and they needed to just fill some space. But that was definitely a little weird. The war motivation of a skydive, yeah. Yeah, it was it was really weird. Um, so Kelly's flirting with Don. We cut back to the Walsh house. The cable's out, so there's no Lakers game. And Steve's like, fuck it, I'm out. We're going to watch this game. <laughs> like, I'm done with Joey. So we get some bonding time uh, with Brandon and Joey for a few minutes. Melissa shows up, and she is, like, livid. Because Brandon has Joey eat ice cream. Uh, and, like, again, now this is where she fully lost me. Because she dumped this kid on him last minute. Yep. He's doing whatever he can to survive. And she's like, you can't give a baby ice cream. It's like, well, what the fuck does he know? Like, what are you doing here? Like, you fully trusted this guy. You barely know him. And it's obvious, of course, she's projecting because she botched the interview. And she says that the interviewer shit on her basically for having a kid. And she fucked up the Harvard interview. So, you know, Brandon's trying to pep talk her. Melissa storms off without even saying thanks. So it's a real tough spot for Brandon. Like, all he really did wrong was give this kid ice cream. But he didn't know. He got stuck with a baby at the last minute. Did all he Mm -hmm. could to survive. She comes in. She fucked up the interview. She's all over him. Doesn't even say thank you and leaves. So... If this is where if I'm Brandon, I'm probably I might be pieced out altogether on this whole thing. Oh, yeah. I'm like, uh, you're welcome. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. You know, just jeez. Yeah, she just rang up. the bell. She just rang the bell and walked right past them. And then just I'm with I'm with you, JT. It's just like, all right, I, I didn't piece you out when you woke me up this morning. I'm definitely piecing you out now, bitch. See ya. <laughs> out. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'd be like, well, what the fuck? Like, sorry about the ice cream, but look, you didn't give me instructions. Like, I have no idea. I'm here alone. I'm just trying to keep the kid alive and happy, you know? So I thought this was too much. So uh, Brenda's practicing her skydiving in the tub. And Brandon yells at her uh, for crinkling the funny pages. Uh, I hate it when you crinkle the funny pages. And then then he reveals that he now he's projecting on poor Brenda uh, about his issues with Melissa. So. Again, interesting little scene here. Cindy pops in. She's all horny for family time after seeing Joey, but that's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> they ain't hanging no. out with her. They're like, we're both busy. Sorry. Uh, but Brenda has an idea how to cheer up Melissa. And uh, Brandon, th- this was confusing to me. So she's like, I have a great idea. And mm. I-, I was trying to figure out like what gave her the idea and what the idea was. But then Brandon just shows up on Melissa's doorstep with like rattles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Was that the idea? Like, they don't really ever say what the idea was. And and then I thought, like, maybe they were going to take Melissa skydiving. Like, I thought that was going to be the idea. Like, she was going to give her her spot. But they don't. Mm -hmm. It was just weird. Like, they make it like Brenda was triggered by something that happened to give to give Brandon an idea. But then they don't really explain what it is. They do. It's it's sort of shades of um, the call center episode where. Brenda's been talking to, um, you know, this, this girl who's been victimized and all of a sudden has that epiphany. I know who it is. It's like based on nothing that we've seen. Right. In the episode. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it's just was this a weird um, like did something get cut? Did they have to edit this in a strange way that uh, we lost something? I don't know. Did, I mean, um, did you guys either you think like she was going to give her the skydiving spot, like to let her live I, or something I, like I, I didn't know what to make of it. Like, but then he just, like you said, he shows up with a bouquet of rattles and then he's, mm-hmm. he's like, Oh, let's go for a drive. And I'm like, Oh, my parents are home. I was like, well, where the hell are your parents at yesterday? It's like, all of a sudden everything's hunky dory and she's happy again. Right. It's just really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as we'll see though, that doesn't last. So they're like, no, okay, no. yeah, go. I mean, maybe they just felt bad, like because she fucked up the interview. So they're like, all right, go have a good time. You earned it. <laughs> oh, you deserve it. Kind of thing. 
Um, so again, I don't, I don't, I didn't really know why Brandon was apologizing. He's like has makeup gifts and is apologizing for for the ice cream, I guess. In the car, Brandon. Now he's all into the baby. He's like rambling nonstop, and she's like, "Stop talking about the fucking baby. Like I'm done with the fucking baby." And Melissa wants to do something crazy. She's kind of in her bag. She's like, you know, feeling herself. She's living a little bit. That's juxtaposed with Kelly and Brenda, who are on the plane at twelve thousand feet. Brenda wants to throw up and bail out of this. They start fighting over who's going to jump first because whoever stays behind will get extra time with Don. And as they're fighting, um, they fall out of the plane together and they're kind of holding on to each other. Then they pull the ripcord and float down to earth. So I thought this is a pretty fun moment. Um, and a big one is they conquer their big fear. They do it together. And that was a good payoff to this little side storyline, which I actually enjoyed quite a bit. I actually liked this more than the, the baby mama stuff. Um, <laughs> I thought they did a good job playing off the, the humor of it, but also in the end, conquering the fear and bonding a bit through it. Uh, I will just say, uh, I want to know what flight school in the country, even in 1991 is going to let these two girls um, fucking jump out of a plane without an instructor. Like the first time they've ever done this. I, I don't think that's a thing. I think you kind of have to go with an instructor the first time you skydive like uh maybe different schools do it differently but that um especially while they're like fighting in the plane and throw them through well each like other god is not paying just, attention at all he's just like yeah he's really very uh negligent there um maybe that wasn't the plan and it, it just happened and luckily they didn't die <laughs> well, it is right. beverly hills tim so it is beverly hills yes. it is beverly hills but yeah, that so was. Pretty, that I, was very funny. I, I did like the. Di- I, listen, I did like the dynamic between Brenda and um, mm-hmm. Kelly in this episode. It kind of shows them bonding, their friendship, and uh, I, I really, I, I'm like with JT. I did enjoy that whole thing, but to your point, the skydiving thing solo is a little bit ludicrous. So you got to suspend some disbelief in that. And I've I've liked Kelly quite a bit, honestly. And this, I I I didn't think she was going to be as fun as she was in this first season. Um, I thought she was going to be more like the female Steve. Uh, where mm-hmm. kind of like the heel female, but using her as the one-liner comedy relief, which she's actually really good at, has been pretty good. And but she's still salient too because she's kind of lived a lot more accelerated life than they have. So they use her both as like a you know Confucius kind of thing, but also as as the the one-liner. So I think it's been a good mix, and she's been been a really good addition um, to the show as a whole so far. So. Uh, all right, back to the car. Melissa wants to bang Brandon, uh, <laughs> but he's like weary of the attitude change. He's kind of like, what's going on? Like, what's your problem? What's the deal? And Melissa's like, let's just go. Let's go run away and take off and leave everyone behind. And then she just unloads on everything. Like she snaps from there. It's like, has all this guilt about Joey. No one cares about her. She just wants to be a teenager again. She, uh, she can't handle it. She's basically cracking under the pressure. And she's trying to kind of have a wild moment here, but she picked the wrong guy to do that with. She should have picked Steve mm-hmm. if she wanted to go driving off into Mexico and have a lost weekend because Brandon's going to be way too on the up and up and be like, no, we can't leave your baby here. We're going to we're going to stay here. Um, you know, a lesser man would have just said, yeah, let's fucking fucking drive to Canada or whatever. But uh, Brandon cares too much. So I, I don't uh, again, I, I this is good. It just it recalibrates Brandon as like the goody goody. What'd you guys think? Yeah, definitely goody goody. I would. Yeah. I mean, I mean, she. I, it's funny you said she wanted to bang. She wants to pull over the car so she can have sex with them. So mm-hmm. as a single mom, clearly she did not learn that lesson. That hey, you know, maybe you shouldn't do that. But 
to your point, Brandon is a goody goody, but she said for a moment she wants to feel like a teenager and not a damn baby machine, which was probably one of the best quotes on here. So yeah, just interesting scene here. I guess we had to have this episode just because they're doing the teen mom episode. So she has to be going through it in some way. It's, right. it's not like she's going to be truly as well adjusted as she's presented. Um, upon her introduction like mm-hmm. yeah there have been some logistical complications but how does she feel about it and here's where we get into the how she feels about it, this whole thing and how overwhelming it can be and uh, you know as you pointed out earlier jt they already drew the subtle contrast between their lives with shown brandon sleeping in which mm-hmm. is just something that is no longer part of um this girl's world so uh now we're we're pretty we're we're laying it in pretty thick but um you knew the episode was going to go there just based on the subject matter yeah and, and it's been our theme lately right kind of the lesson of the week right so i mean this one's about yeah. teen pregnancy and like it's not a shock we've had the aids one we've had the drunk driving one so we've had basically the domestic abuse drinking one with dylan so now we're kind of into this this next stage is having a baby as a teenager. So it's not a surprise that they did take it into the Sunday special kind of um, slant with it. So yep. Brandon goes home. He tells Jim and Cindy what happened, you know, what it meant for her, what you know, how it's kind of affected her. Melissa shows up again at the Walsh house uh, Joey, with Joey. The parents threw her out because she stayed out too late, you know, and, and they did set that up well. It wasn't forced here. She did say, we can go for a ride, but I got to be back in an hour or whatever she said, because my mom has a meeting. So uh, they go home too late, and basically they had a Mr. Client meeting, and she says, my mom thinks I did it on purpose, just to like be an asshole, so now they threw us out. So Brandon's like, I'll take up Joey for a few days if you want, but Melissa says she's going to put him up for adoption. It's screwing up her dreams. Brandon tries to talk her down. Cindy comes in, and her and Melissa have a talk. Um, I thought this was pretty good, too. It kind of showed off Cindy's ace mom skills. Good development for her uh, to kind of try and get Melissa back on track about being a young mom and what that's like, et cetera, et cetera. So, Sean, I thought thought this is a pretty good use of Cindy here. Yeah, classic Cindy Wash. This was weird for me because, okay, so she stayed out late once, and you're going to throw her and the baby out. And then the whole thing about I'm going to give this baby up for adoption, like this all seemed very, I don't know, it seemed kind of forced to me to kind of just get like, some dr- dr- drama into the end of the episode and give Cynthia, Cindy some shine. So right. I don't really know how I felt about this. I thought this was a little weird for me mm. personally. I do like that. It gave Cindy a moment to really step up because we haven't gotten a whole lot from the elder Walters in this right. one. So at least Cindy like gets, gets her moment to be um, a wise mom here and, and pass on some sage advice. Um, as far as <laughs> Melissa's predicament here, uh, either her parents are a complete sociopath or they're just <laughs> like trying to, I, I don't know. Well, I get it. I mean, they did say like, come back in an hour. And she was like, yeah. so maybe we don't have the backstory, right? So maybe she does no. this where maybe she takes advantage of them for babysitting and, you know, fucks mm. around but, a lot and whatever else. Who well, knows? Maybe they should clarify that. Instead, they look like the worst parents of all time for kicking out their daughter with a kid. Like on the first round, she's like home late. Yeah. I don't, yeah. They do kind of leave that up in the air for us to, yeah. to and, sort and of I speculate. Didn't mind, I didn't mind the, like her, like this little drama late. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was rushed a little bit, but I actually thought it was a good payoff to her boiling stress that we've seen build all episode. Like, 
I think it would have been less realistic if she was just like, yeah, you're right. I'm fine. Like, like I think she needed mm. that like rock bottom moment almost like to fall apart and be like, I'm actually willing to give this kid up for adoption and get talked off the ledge. Like it felt like a natural progression to me. It didn't feel like a big leap. Like, yeah, she probably was feeling that way because she's probably been yeah. feeling that way. And now it hit her when she fucked up the Harvard thing and, you know, get thrown out by her. Like, it's probably like, fuck, what am I doing? Yeah, and I mean, I'm being sort of flippant, but I, I really am assuming, I'm giving the parents the benefit of the doubt here, that they're just, this is kind of um, um, theater, really, it's all for show. Uh, like, they, oh, we're going to throw you out, and it's it's just to see right. kind of how she handles it, um, but they're not really going to let anything bad happen to her, um, nor are they going to let her give this child up for adoption. Um, I think if that was ever a possibility, like, that ship has probably sailed by now. Like that would have um, been something that happened way in the past. If, if her parents were going to support that, you know what I mean? Like um, not that it isn't her decision, but they made it clear, Hey, you want to keep this child? We'll support you. Um, now all of a sudden, no, oh, okay. You want to, um, it's too hard. So you're, you are going to um, give him up after all. Like, I just can't see that happening. So, but in her mind, she's she's like panicking, right? She thinks she's really blown it and totally stepped in it and right. uh, just can't handle the pressure. But um, as we'll see, things play out a little bit differently. Yeah, I mean, so Cindy pretty much talked her out of it. So Brandon and Melissa hang out at school. Melissa reveals she's keeping Joey. Brandon still wants in. He's like, I'm, I'm all in. But I thought this was a good wrap-up, too, because I was afraid we were going to get another thing, like you just said with the DUI earlier, where – you know, there are a couple and then they're just gone the next episode. So I thought this was pretty good that Melissa basically says like, no, <laughs> like, and it's not because of Brandon. It's that her and Joey need some space and need, she needs to figure things out before getting involved with another, another Frank Seltzer. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they end amicably. And I, I, this is a good episode overall for Brandon. He was some weird shit, but I thought we had some good growth where he started with, well, you have a baby to, Hey, like I'm cool with the baby. Uh, mm -hmm. overall, I think in a vacuum, it was like a fine episode. It just had a lot of low stakes. Like there was not a lot going yeah. on. And if you think about it, because we didn't have anything else besides the skydiving, this has to be the storyline that's had the most scenes. I would think like every other episode had at least something more going on. This had literally, I, I mean, 85% of the scenes were about Brandon and Melissa, which I think has to be yeah. a record. Maybe Jackie was, was the only one that was close. I think almost every scene in that one felt like it was a raw, raw on her. Um, mm -hmm. But overall, you know, I enjoyed the Brandon Kelly hijinks. We get some lessons. We get the teen troubles. Uh, it just felt like taking a break from the stakes to breathe after the heavy stuff with the DUI. But to your point, Tim, it was either deliberate or it wasn't meant to air here. It, it just did. Um, but either way, it definitely felt like a break from the steady line we've been driving toward. Yeah, it just feels like an episode they they needed to burn off um, mm -hmm. because they had it and it, even though it wasn't really fitting the tone and the direction of the show um, to where it has uh, evolved to at this point. Um, it's like we had it, we had to throw it out there and it's like kind of now or never. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think it's, it's um, as these sort of one-off, very inconsequential episodes go, it's... Um, one of the weaker entries, I mean, it's still perfectly mm -hmm. watchable, just like everything we've covered um, in season one, surprisingly. It's just, um, 
like I, I can tell you it's it's not going to get like a, a very high grade from me but it's not right. like i hated it or anything it's not like it was um difficult to sit through so it's just you know compared to um compared to others of its kind it's it's not the strongest yeah i would i would tend to agree i mean as a, as a one-off episode it was fine there was moments in there i truly enjoyed um it's a little weird also melissa i don't think we ever see melissa ever again right so no, i don't think correct. so so they're going to save school and yeah they broke it off yet we'll never see her ever again i also find that right. kind of strange too and she's never brought up ever again either so yeah a yeah weird. a little weird and this is one of those things right i think we're gonna get a lot of that especially in these early oh yeah early absolutely absolutely add her to the list yeah yep all right let's get to our awards uh best scene for me was brandon steve and a baby i thought that whole the whole stretch <laughs> with them having a baby said joey was really good yep agreed Agreed 100%. Three-way there. Okay. Uh, most important scene. This was a tough one because, again, it was really low stakes. And I try and go here with ones that like mean something toward mm-hmm. like character development or something long-term. So I actually went with Cindy talking to Melissa, which I thought was a key scene for Cindy to show like her super mom skills and the role she plays as like a steadying force, not just for brandon and brenda but for the other kids in the show that's going to become a thing right where they're kind of a studying parental force for a bunch of kids that don't really have that in their own lives um so i thought yeah. there's a poignant moment in this episode that's a good choice probably better than my choice which was i, I struggled with this one too um just the kids and their interactions with the baby just because you kind of get their their attitudes towards um parenthood a little bit like the way Steve and Kelly are kind of joking around um, Brandon trying to be responsible, but not mm-hmm. doing the best job. Brenda just kind of thinks he's cute. Um, like of these characters, isn't Steve the only one who's actually going to have a child on the show? Um, I think so. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, which is crazy to think, um, you know, Brandon and Kelly kind of, try or almost do i don't know i just it got me thinking about stuff like that so i i just singled out that scene where they're you know where they're all kind of passing the kid around which is pretty funny but um in some ways bittersweet to just thinking about the future of the characters and of the series yeah i'm gonna go with, I, I agree with jt i think uh mama wash scene with melissa is pretty pivotal because it kind of gives uh, Cindy some shine uh, to what she does best over the course of the series. So JT and I are on the same page with that one. All right. Most 90s look. Uh, I didn't want to keep giving it to Brandon's Canadian tuxedo. I could try to avoid that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want Steve's green sweatshirt. He had like the non-hoodie sweatshirt mm-hmm. on. So I don't know. That's all I had. Mm. Um, yeah, not a whole lot of choices for this one. I went with... Um, <laughs> where Brenda is kind of getting ready to go to um, skydiving school. Uh, she's doing like this almost weird Demi Moore cosplay with, um, <laughs> she looks very stark, like her hair is pulled back and she's got this giant black headband and it's, I don't know, it, it's all very black on black, matchy matchy. And it, it felt, you know, like something again, like Demi Moore would wear. Yeah, Tim and I are on the same page, the headbands, because uh, mm-hmm. Melissa had one by the tree and then Brenda with hers, so I'm with Tim on that one, the headband. All right, most 90s moment, I went with the radio contest and tying up the phone lines. Yes, fully. Yep, 
Another three-way there. Yep. Agree. All right. Best lesson learned. Don't have a baby while in high school. Or at all. Or at all. (laughs) Don't date a teen mom just because uh, you're trying to prove something to yourself or to your friend group. Because that's kind of what it felt like Brandon was doing. Mm-hmm. I put I put safe sex. That's what I put. Mm-hmm. That's yep. yeah. Yep. yep. Use the rhythm method. Yep. All right. Best hookup. <laughs> I I went Brandon Brandon and Melissa. I mean, it's really the only one going on here. Yep. Um. Can I go Fred and Melissa? It's <laughs> <laughs> Frank. I'll go with Brandon and Melissa, but it's really Frank and Melissa. There'd be no Frank. episode without Frank and Melissa. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Frank Seltzer. All right. Uh, uh, Best quotes. I had a, I had a few here, actually. Uh, Who do want to date a girl that takes Latin? Kelly. Right. E pluribus unum. Kelly. How did you learn that? Brandon. Um, It's on the money. Says Kelly. (laughs) That was really good back and forth. That that was a good exchange. Yep. Um, I ultimately went with uh, Steve. (laughs) Who upon, uh, seeing joey and looking absolutely disgusted goes what's it doing here we're supposed to be watching the lakers game <laughs> and and the other i had one other one too was um melissa saying you can't let society make the rules for you you live by your own uh kelly saying thank god for safe sex and J- <laughs> jim's uh, body talk with cindy i love when you talk crossword <laughs> I almost went with the Kelly line, but I actually there's another line by Melissa like when they were having a serious conversation. She said to Brandon, you're the new kid for a minute, but I'm the new mom forever. So I, I went with that quote. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good, too. I'm trying to really hammer home uh, what it means to be her and her her role there. So, yeah. All right. Um, that's it for best quotes. Final grades. So I, I, I thought this was the. Of the 12 we watched so far, uh, I had it as the second worst. So the worst one I've had mm-hmm. so far is episode two. I went three and a half. Uh, this I went slightly above it, a four out of ten. I, I think it had some funny stuff. You know, we kind of talked highly of it, but in the end, it had no stakes. It was missing some of my favorite characters. It felt oddly out of place. Uh, you know, Melissa was a weird character. It, it gave a lot of time to storyline. I'm not sure I cared about. Uh, so again, a fine episode. I think this is probably what I thought more of season one would be like, but yeah, it's a tough follow on. Uh, we went nine out of 10 and then seven and a half out of 10. And then it was a pretty precipitous drop off. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point too. I also gave it a four. Um, so right on the money there. And it, if anything, it probably does suffer more in comparison to the hot streak. It feels like we've been mm-hmm. on where we handed out some very high grades and then we're sort of back. We're back to what feels like square one with this type of episode. And um, that's a bit disappointing. I hope we don't continue to play in the sandbox. I have a feeling this is just sort of a one off. Had to yeah. get it out there and on to bigger and better things. Yeah, I'm awesome. I would I'd probably go about a four on it, too. That's just kind of a run in the movie. I mean, yeah, a very serious subject. Had some good moments, but. In the grand scheme of things, as the show moves forward, it's kind of an irrelevant episode, so I'll go for Okay. All right, tracker uh, notes here. So we had four new characters that I picked on. Melissa Coolidge, Mrs. Coolidge, Joey Coolidge, and then Don <laughs> Skydiver. Anyone I missed there? Frank. 
Oh, Frank. Well, no, we didn't see Frank Salsa. <laughs> I know. I mean, whoever Melissa's friends were, I don't even know if we got names for them. I think yeah, one was Amy and the other one went unnamed. But... Calling them the Mean Girls. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <clears throat> All right. Uh, and then relationships, I just said Brandon. I guess we'll add Frank, too. Frank and Melissa. Uh-huh. Just to put them on there. Uh, I don't think we had any new things or places, right? Melissa's house that we'll never see again. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Completion <laughs> mistakes, but um, okay. All right, uh, songs on this episode that we did not hear. We had "Baby Love" by the Supremes was playing at the Peach Pit. Seems a little mm-hmm. heavy-handed <laughs> while they're at the Peach Pit with Joey. Uh, speaking of Joey by the Concrete Blondes, <laughs> yes, uh, Concrete Blonde when Brandon brings Melissa the peace offering. Uh, Wicked Game by Chris Isaac when Brandon and Kelly are fly- flying in the sky. Kind of an odd one, I thought. That is an odd choice. Um, both of those you will find on BH902 and Overstored on Instagram. Mm. Those two okay. scenes. All right. The uh, Joey one is pretty good. I mean, talk about on the nose, but right. um, it, it does add quite a bit of atmosphere to that little reconciliation. That's uh, some banger songs at the time, too. Joey and Wicked Game. That's some uh, high-profile songs in 91 right there. Wicked Game seems way out of place with that scene. That's, that's an odd Of course. Game. I'm just saying the song itself, but it's right. definitely out of place. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's do our character yeah. rankings before we wrap up here. Hmm. So as per our rule, if you're not in the episode, you get a zero. So we have a zero yeah. for David, Nat. I'm sorry, no, Nat was in the episode, so hang on. Yeah. Uh, so David, Andrea... Scott, Scott, Donna, Jack, poor Jackie, um, all get zeros. Dylan. And Dylan. Ooh, Andrew, that hurts. Andrew. Dylan yeah. was just making a lot of progress, too. He was he was uh, on the rise, yep. Okay, zero for him. All right, uh, so I would say Nat is at the bottom of that bucket, right? Yes, mm-hmm. I would agree. So that's... Um, God, this, this one's tough. Um... I had Jim just above Nat, just in terms of, I mean, he's there <laughs> a little bit more, but right. he's not going to outshine anyone else. Yep, I'm good with that. Nat actually picks up seven points for that. <laughs> hey, all right. Mm. Um, I'm really open to Steve. <laughs> so I actually I went Steve I- pretty high. Yeah. I actually went Nat. I would have gone like Nat, Jim, probably Steve, Kelly, Brennan, and I actually had Mama Walsh up there pretty high in this one because mm-hmm. of that one scene. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. I mean, Steve's uh, only in the two scenes, but he is really good in that baby mm-hmm. scene. Right. I guess I'd go Kelly here. I think I'd go Kelly, then Cindy, then Brenda, then Steve, then Brandon. That'd be mine. I like that. That's good. Yeah, I like that. Pretty balanced. All right, so Kelly with nine, Cindy with ten, thirteen. Okay. Uh, all right, while I tally up, Tim, you want to talk about anything else you got going on here? Uh, yes. So, um, first of all, subscribe to the North South Connection podcast network today. If you are not already subscribed, that is where you're hearing uh, this podcast 9021 no so a lot of great content here on the feed that um, i'm sure jt will tell you much more about uh quite the mix quite the mix of pop culture and wrestling and 
a lot of cool analytical stuff, uh, just like we're doing with our character rankings here. But uh, do be sure as well to check out our sister podcast network, that being Place to Be Nation, POP, the Place to Be Nation POP experience, as we often call it, uh, where I have some presence over there. I'm a regular part of uh, POP Goes to the Couch, where we are doing reviews of each episode of Hawkeye on Disney+. And I'm doing those with our guest here, Sean Kidd. He's normally a part of that as well, although been absent been absent from uh, the, the past few, unfortunately. His presence has been missed. Uh, so I'll be looking forward to getting Sean back in the mix over there on Pop Goes to the Couch. Uh, so once Hawkeye wraps up, um, I imagine we'll, we'll still have quite a bit of coverage because you've got uh, Star Wars Book of Boba Fett uh, coming at the end of the year. We've got more Cobra Kai on the way. These are shows that we have continuing coverage for when they are airing. So check out uh, Place Me Nation Pop. um, And you can find me on Twitter. I am at Psych68. That is C-Y-K-E-6-8 on the Twitter. Uh, Sean, anything you would like to put out into the world for folks to, uh, to find and follow you on? Sure, I, I have way too many pods that I do, so I'm just going to name a few. But you can find me on Twitter at uh, NWA Crack and Roll. My main podcast is the NWA Crack and Roll podcast over on the wrestling feed. Um, we are currently getting ready to wrap up uh, February of 86 to end the year, and we'll kick off the new year with March of 86. So please I give a listen over there. And then uh, the other one I'll plug is our newest wrestling pod, which I'm not on every episode, but... I created. It's called uh, PPV a Pedestal. It's where, and I believe Tim, you were a guest on a future episode where we take a yes. look at the uh, perceived greatest matches of all time, and we look at them from a build standpoint, a match quality standpoint, and a historical standpoint, and really see if they truly believe, uh, should be on that uh, pedestal position that most people have them on. So those will be the two things that I'll plug uh, for here. And also, thank you both. Um, I'm a big fan of 90210. I've been wanting to be on this show for a long time. So certainly, thanks for having me. And Hopefully, I'll be back one day because I had a great time. Awesome. All right, let's quickly run through our final rankings here before we wrap up. In last place, continues to be Jackie Taylor with 13 points. Napasuccio comes in next at 12th with 24 points, followed by Donna Martin with 28. Scott Scanlon at 40. Andre Zuckerman with 60. David Silver with 72. So that's kind of our bottom bucket right now after this episode. Jim Walsh with 83, just behind Kelly Taylor with 85. Then we leap up a little bit with Steve Sanders at 90. Dylan McKay down to fourth place with his no-show here at mm. 92 points. Cindy Walsh passes him now with 95. And then just blowing away the competition is Brenda Walsh at 125 and Brandon Walsh at 129. So Dylan is these no-shows really affect Dylan um, yeah. quite a bit as he continues to, to uh, drop down here. There's a pretty big gap with Brendan, Brandon, Brenda, and him, and then the rest. So we'll see how close they can ever make that. Yeah. These these power rankings for our characters, they giveth and they taketh away, as we see. So that'll do it. We'll be back in a few weeks here with our next episode, which is a big one. Uh, we're looking forward to it. So I think it's one of the kind of the linchpin episodes of season one, for sure. So we'll be covering that. Yeah. Uh, we'll have a new guest with us, I believe check here oh no we actually have our first returning guest returning guest yes excited okay so there you go uh sean appreciate you coming by i think you already booked your next episode here at some point season two so we'll we'll talk to you again (laughs) soon 
Yep. Uh, that'll do it. A little dim sum, a little dumb sum. We're out. Talk to you soon. Take care.